0: announcement the revolution will not be televised i repeat the hemp revolution will not be televised welcome to the hemp revolution podcast the global hotspot for the buzz and the can of biz hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules innovating business and changing history forever Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now, here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez.
1: Sonia Gomez coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Super excited to be here on another Rock Your Socks episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast, where we are sharing and telling the real story of cannabis from the eyes of the entrepreneurs and change makers who are pushing this incredible industry forward. If you are someone who's looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results that you're looking for, check us out at medicalsecrets.com. As you know, it is our mission to empower you with the truth about cannabis so that you can make educated decisions about how you want to care for yourself, the people that you love, conditions you may be suffering from, or otherwise enjoying this beautiful gift of life. I invite you now to like and share this content because every time you like and share an episode like this and tag five people, you are quite literally helping me transform the way that we are talking about, thinking about, and sharing information around cannabis with our families and communities. So I invite you now to like, share, tag five people, make sure that you check out the blog and mentionables along with all of the links that are surrounding this video here. And we will be off to the races together just to give you an idea of what kind of transformation you guys have been able to help me make, we have impacted over 200 million people's lives in the last three years because you guys are sharing this type of content. So I'm so grateful to have you here and a part of our hemp revolution family. Thank you so much. If you're a budding entrepreneur or existing business owner, and you want to share your story with me, shoot me an email, Sonia at medicalsecrets.com, And I would love to get to know you better. You guys know that I fish and farm the best of the best in the industry. And today is no different. You know how my heart thumpity thump thump thumps for a lady boss entrepreneur in this space and today I have one of the best Melissa Jane or MJ Stapley founder of MJ Hybrid Solutions started her journey in the cannabis industry back in 2014. She left her corporate management career and joined the cannabis industry to work for CBD Sciences a CBD manufacturer. After discovering a need for cannabis employee training, MJ combined her passion for sales training and cannabis education to develop the MJ hybrid training system. With her 12 years of corporate sales experience and five years of cannabis industry expertise, MJ created a training for cannabis employees that is both scientifically accurate and helps employees better sell to customers. Her mission is to legitimize the cannabis industry through proper employee education and training. Thank the good Jesus. You know, I got to be honest. (laughs) This is a fucking mess when you walk into certain cannabis companies. Oh so I, this is just like, this is uh giving me a snail trail. I gotta be honest. Uh, put your hands together and help me welcome my good girl, Melissa Stapley or MJ. What's going on, girlfriend? What's up? Thanks for having me. Thanks so, for the uh, awesome introduction. <laughs> yeah, you're so welcome. I'm super excited to have you on here. Girl after my own heart, trying to fix the problems that we never thought we had. Right. Everybody thinks, you know, you build it, they will come. But the only problem is you build it, they come and nobody knows what the fuck you're selling them or how to use it effectively. So before we yep. dive into the meat and potatoes <laughs> of this, why don't you give me a little broth? Tell me who you are, what your background is, and how you ended up in the can of craze. Can of craze. I love it. That's so true.
2: <laughs> um, so I got into the industry about in two, like end of 2014. So my background is I played sports growing up my whole life. Um, I played college volleyball at San Diego State. When I graduated, um, my background was primarily in real estate. And then I got into sales. I've always been in sales, whether it's through for-profit education or real estate, doing loans. Um, so my background was always sales, kind of corporate, corporate America, I guess you could say. So I had um, after college, I'd moved back to Arizona for five years. But then I decided to go back to San Diego is where I went to college. And I got a job at Ashford University for-profit education. I had some friends that worked there. I climbed the corporate ladder pretty quick. I was promoted pretty quick, had a great job, but I had gone through, it's a really cool story because I'd gone through this seminar called the Landmark Forum. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes, love. And I went through the whole thing. And I remember at the end of that, at, at the end of the leadership program, I had said, and this was before I even really knew anything about the cannabis industry, even becoming an industry, what was going on. But I had put out that I was like, I want to get into an industry where I can make a difference and grow, whether I grow with a company or start my own thing, but also doing something that I know I'm really making a difference and helping people. And so fast forward like six months... I'm sitting at a bar, a happy hour <laughs> with my, one of my best friends, we meet up for a happy hour and we're talking about sales, We're talking about our jobs. She's a sales manager. I'm a sales manager. So we're just sitting there, you know, kind of, kind of talking shit, right. About our, ah. <laughs> and this guy is sitting next to us. He, he went there to watch the football game and he, so he kind of chimes in. He's, you know, and it's this older guy and we're kind of like, why is it? you know, he kind of starts talking to us and we're like, okay. yeah. And he brings up CBD like, if you guys have heard about CBD, but you know, that same story, we still hear, right? Everyone. But it, it, I was like, <laughs> you know, I know a little bit about cannabis. I haven't really, I don't know much about CBD oil. I know obviously medical marijuana. I know it can help. And so he gives us a whole spiel about how he just started with this company and they're starting a sales, um, a sales group, you know, and, the, and CV Sciences back then they were called cannabis. And so they were one of the first, like there was like a group of them that had started in one of the first like publicly traded CBD companies.
1: Totally remember them. I'm a San Diego girl too.
2: Oh, awesome! Serious? I love it.
1: Yeah, I lived out oh, in Hamul and I finished high school out there.
2: Oh, awesome! That's, I love San Diego. Um, so yeah, I you know I was like you know I do I I take sleeping pills. I was an athlete and always you know was taking ibuprofen 800. How I have some you know aches and pains and I I take sleeping pills every night and I would like to get off of it. So if you think it will help me, I'll try it out. So he gave me some samples and literally that weekend I tried it and. I, I was amazed. I went to sleep. I didn't take any Tylenol PM that weekend, slept great. I had to take a lot of it. Um, but
1: she's all drinking the bottle. Yeah, <laughs> seriously.
2: But then, yeah, so I emailed him and I'm just like, you know, this actually really worked. I am kind of curious. And I started just doing my own research, you know, and you, you, once you go down that rabbit hole online, you start researching cannabis and CBD oil and all the benefits and going through everything. You're like, holy no turning crap. back. Yeah. Like, So I went in, I interviewed like five times because it was one of those things where it's like, it's a huge step. You know, I have this cushy job making good money growing in this company and I would have to take a huge pay cut, go start as a sales rep back in the cube, selling CBD to people who have no clue what it is. Six years ago, no one knew, right? Barely. And so, but I did. That's how I got in and I decided to take the risk. You know, a lot of people laughed at me. Um... You know, through the last six years, you still have your moments where you wonder if it was the right decision because of all the shit we deal with. Yeah, but like the
1: hours the, between six and nine PM every morning.
2: You would, oh yeah, between six and <laughs> <laughs>
1: six
2: and nine every morning. Love it. So yeah, I got in, and that was the thing. You know, it was it was hard. You that was it was one of those like, hey, just start calling people and selling CBD. This is the greatest. This is the greatest thing. Everyone's gonna want it. But again. You know, you're starting to call people, and it's like, well, what is it? Why do I want to? Oh, it's still related to marijuana. No, and you know, we can't carry it yet. Or and obviously, there was still a lot of, as there still is, a lot of uncertainty about the regulations or legality. And so, it was difficult. But then we were starting to get a lot of people calling in that were like had these success stories, or their friends had had success stories, and so they wanted to know how it could help them. And so which that's really cool, right? That's when you really are like, oh my gosh, this is helping people. This is making a difference. And that's when you start to get really excited about it. Totally. And, you know, and that, but then what I had to do is it was like, okay, how do I educate people? When I barely had any education, they literally gave us like a one sheet and all the information on that, I found it the other day in my, in my um, cupboard and all the information on it, it's completely changed since then, but it was just a one sheet that we really didn't know much. So it's like, how do I educate these people? Get them to understand how, why they should try it or why these you know, health, health professionals or health stores should carry it. And so that's what I had to learn to do is, yeah, I had a sales training methodology. My background sales, sales management. And I taught and trained a lot of people on a sales training methodology. I've gone through tons of seminars. And, but then it was like, okay, how do I educate people from their level of understanding? And so that's how I was successful With the first two companies I worked with in this industry, is just I was really able to understand, scale it back, talk to them, and figure out where they were coming from, and be able to educate them based on that. It's the same thing with your family, right? When everyone's laughing at you, or like, how the heck are you in Canada? Like my mom's first words were, "How the hell am I going to tell your my family you sell weed?" You know, (laughs) thought it was the same. So that's what triggered me to start MJ Hybrid Solutions. Is I was I had gone to another company, Pure Ratios, to help start their sales team because they were rolling out and. It was, I was working with dispensaries and you go in and you're just like, you know, as a new consumer, you go in and a lot of these dispensaries were still quote unquote called the trap houses, (laughs) playing music, girls just kind of trying to sell whatever flower they were changing the name of the strange just to go by what was popular. Um, and so it's like how how, something's got to be done to train these people, not only on education, but also on how to effectively communicate with the consumer and how to bridge that gap. Totally. You know, and right now that's such a critical factor because people are coming in, trying it for the first time. They're scared, they're overwhelmed. There's all these products, they're relying on the bud t- I mean, the bud tender has the hardest job in this industry. Like kudos to them for sure. Like
1: totally. people
2: don't get it and they don't get enough credit. And because it's like, you're dealing with all different types of people. People coming in that have no clue or just heard about it. They want to name, you know, and most people, they want to go in and they want to be told what to take, right? When you go to the doctor's office and there's an issue, just like, tell me what to take to fix it. And so when I created, I call it the MJ hybrid training system, cause it's a twofold approach. So in order to meet consumers needs, you have to one, know what you're selling them, cannabis education, product knowledge, and two effectively know how to effectively communicate with them. And, you know, and, and bud tenders that effectively communicate, empower the customer and empowered customers purchase more and return. And so that's kind of my, my motto. Like you got, it's, it's sales training with education. um, and to me, the most important part really is the sales and customer service training because people are coming in, right? It's still, we still, it, cannabis works different for everybody. One product doesn't work the same for every single person. So you have to learn how to guide them and talk to them and make them feel confident, but also be real that like, Hey, you got to play with the dosing. You got to figure out what works for you. But if you build that trust and confidence with them and you're authentic, they're going to come back to you and they're, st- they're going to be confident in wanting to continue to try cannabis.
1: I think education is probably one of my biggest passions and biggest pet peeves all at the same time. (laughs) Because I'm like, it's always left for interpretation. I feel like you tell somebody, like, this is what it is and this is how it is. And then they're like, perfect, I'm going to make it into this, you know? And that's fine. But the challenge is, is like, without a, a standard sort of baseline message that we agree upon and share as an industry, the consumer who I get a lot of interface with, having a million followers and such. I mean I get I literally get one message every three seconds in my messenger on oh. my fan page. And I I'm getting so I'm getting consumer feedback all day long. And there is so much misinformation, so much miseducation, the dispensaries, the CBD stores, the pharmacies that are adopting it in there's just very little to no resources so i'm so excited about your business model because i think it really solves a necessary problem and this is a perfect example of an ancillary business that solves a really specific problem and still allows you to be <clears throat> you know heavily active and recognized and respected in the industry without having to own your own quote unquote product and be in the Yeah
2: and back to education with products, that's the thing. And I, I know because I worked with two brands, you conform your education around your brand, right? Around your product. And, you, and you, you, what are these brands are doing is you, you're trying to create a unique product, right? How is your product different? And so then that's another reason the education gets skewed because you're, you're kind of conforming it to your brand. And so now it's like, I have that unbiased approach. And I still, you know, and so I partnered with a doctor, Dr. Jean Talleyrand from Medican. He started prescribing, he was one of the first doctors in California to start prescribing medical marijuana.
1: Yep. I, he was my okay. prescribing doctor.
2: Oh, there you, oh, and I, and I talked to so many nurses and people that go through them, So I'm very fortunate that he's written a lot of the education content. Um, but that's why we partnered up is my whole thing with him was like, how do we make it approachable? Because one, it's different. We're still learning. And it's the same thing with him. It's all anecdotal anecdotal like he's working with patients and he has worked with hundreds of thousands of patients and that's kind of what he's going off of right and but it it was how do we make it approachable and then he didn't really want to get in front of the camera and he gets asked a lot about it so that's what he really liked my approach and he liked he even liked the cells training approach which is really hard for a doctor or nurse sometimes to understand and get why I'm doing the cells training they think it's yeah. like a technique or a misconstrued but they don't understand what I'm trying to do is really help people effectively communicate and ask the right questions and understand the customer, which in long term they're gonna sell more if they do it that way and they're meeting their
1: needs, right? Totally. And they'll get it's not about making the sale the first time. It's about building the trust and rapport so that they come back and become a repeat customer. That's the challenge is that most bud tenders treat it like the sale right then rather than looking at creating an experience that somebody wants to come back to over and over again. And that's all around the trust.
2: Yep. And that's what Dr. Talleyrand, when we first got together, it was, that's what he, you know, he set up <clears throat> Medican, these locations that people go and their doctors are telling them what to get, right? But then you go into a dispensary and they may not have that product. And you're just kind of going into whatever dispensary is closest to you. And then the, what's happening is then they go in they're that may, they may not have that specific product or ratio available. So then they're selling them on something else. And these patients were calling Dr. Talleyrand like, oh, well, I ended up getting this. So it's frustrating because you're trying to do research, you're trying to see what works, you give them something to go by, but the dispensary doesn't necessarily have that. There's that gap of like the products, the connection from the doctor and what products are available. And so that was the whole thing too, is yeah, we need to teach them and help guide them. So even if they don't have that specific product, they're asking the questions or they're able to understand and guide them to a product that's similar or directing them to a place where they can get that product. Um, and the people, and I, you know, you, when you're behind the counter, I see it all the time. These new people come in and when you do talk to them and you're, and you're guiding them and you're helping them become confident, even that first purchase, they want to purchase the whole store. (laughs) These people are so excited. And so they will, if they feel confident in who they're speaking to. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you don't have to, you know, try to trick them or anything, but they will literally like, I see it time and time again. It's like, if they're confident in one product then they're like, well, what else do you have? I kind of have this. And, and you can keep that going and they will purchase more, even the first time. And then if something doesn't work, they'll come back or, you know, and say, Hey, this didn't really work for me. Let's try something else it's because yeah. they want to work with you. So I would say people are loyal to people. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, with Dr. Talleyrand, I've been very fortunate. He does a great job, but sometimes what I'll do is I'll take his scripts. I'm the one that does the videos. I, I do the training myself. But I'll take his scripts and sometimes I'll still cut things out. because so I'm like, okay, coming from a 21 year old, like if I can't pronounce this word or like yeah. <laughs> for me, then I'm pretty sure. And that's my approach is I'm a salesperson my whole life. So how how are we translating these people that aren't doctors and nurses being able to educate in a way that makes it approachable, especially for the the 90% that come into to these dispensaries or CBD retail stores that don't know anything and they don't really want to know everything. They don't need to know everything. They kind of just want to know what's best for them.
1: Yeah. Like, is this going to work for me and why is it a better mm-hmm. option? Yeah. Why is it a better option than what I'm already using, which is Advil, ibuprofen, you know, oxygen, Yeah.
2: Yeah. so yeah it's 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 very interesting because and then that's now too with dr Talleyrand that's what i love about him is we still you know we'll be on the phone and i'll kind of bring up like oh yeah so i see this product out there you know you cbg now is a big thing or cbn and should we do a training on it But he's like oh there's not enough research or there's conflicting evidence like there's you know you don't want to waste doing it if it's going to change right because things are ever changing even terpenes terpenes and how they Form and what they work with and are changing. And so it's hard because brands, you know, you like you talk about, there's a lot of miseducation, or someone comes out, or a doctor or scientist says one thing because that's what it's looking like. So people run with it, right? And, and build a product around it. But then in six months and a year, they might realize, oh, it's actually not that terpene that's beneficial, or it's actually a combination of this that helps. Then it's like, okay, from a brand's point of view, yeah, you have to stay on top of that so you can never change. And I get the whole marketing aspect. And, and, on selling your brand. Right. Like you you know, and so I I get it, but it's hard as an education person to be like, I can't really guarantee that. Like I'm trying to come from an unbiased, like we really still don't know what's going on, but let me just teach you how to, the basics of how to like talk about it and make people understand that, that it's still, we're still researching and we're still learning. Um, so I always joke, like there's no actual expert in this space, right? Like because it's still ever changing.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, it changes all the time. here, here. I want to ask you a couple questions. Um, number one is <clears throat> what is your full scale of offers? Like what kind of training do you offer? Do you have multiple trainings? Do you have any certifications, anything like that?
2: Yeah. So my primary tra- training program is geared towards dispensaries or CBD retailers, more of the consumer facing employees. Um, and that's, I have, I do kind of a variety. It's majority of it's online. They go online, they get their own personal link through my platform, right? And so they have their own access as a company and they can have an admin that overlooks it. And then I, I um, assign certain trainings based on, if they're a dispensary, I have sales training that are geared towards the dispensary versus like a CBD hemp store. And I have, you know, trainings that are sales for, and role plays based on CBD hemp products. Um... And then I, and then there's the education portion. So the education section, I kind of break it up. So I have like the sales training part one, cannabis education part one, sales training part two, cannabis education part two. So I, can, so I have a lot of companies that do just the education, right? Um, where they can just go in to educate their team, any type of company that has their hiring people, right? Everyone kind of still needs to know about a little bit about cannabis and the lingo in this industry. Um, but the primary focus has been on dispensaries and CBD retailers. But I am. Um, I do have a B two B kind of my. I have so I have my my sales training is I have my initial bread and butter is a six step training methodology. Uh-huh. So You go focus. On people are your products. Listening for closing the loop, upselling, you know, overcoming objections, retention, and referrals, and that's the six step. So I have that kind of formatted for dispensaries, CBD retailers, and then B two B kind of for brand ambassadors that I just rolled out. So, like, you know, distributors and stuff, if they want to sign up their staff just to give them a little bit of that sales training, how to go in and speak to the purchasers. Um, And then I'm also something I'm really trying to dive into is, you know, there's so many brands on the market and so many different products, right? Especially in California. So, I'm really trying to work on some different brand templates training so that I can give kind of Bread and butter of like how to train. Like, so if a brand ambassador goes into dispensaries to do brand training, how do you train them? How do you train them to sell your product? Because I see that as a huge issue as well. Because, right, everyone lives in this, oh, we have the best product ever. And it's like, but there's so many products now, you can't, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) So you got to build a relationship with the people that you got to get them to trust you and then they're going to sell your product more. One, two, how do you train? the bud tenders to sell your product. So it's teaching them the steps on how to speak about the product versus just talking about why the product's so great. So that's my next goal is that and leadership training. So my goal ultimately is the building. out want a corporate training platform. Um, and so, you know, it, there's, there's still a lot of holes in this industry. It's growing. It grew so fast. And then like you talked about, it's a little bit crazy. There's a lot of cutbacks. We're kind of going through that. Um, what's it called like the reset
1: <laughs> yeah totally <clears throat> it's the it's the industry exodus right now there's all this like um everyone is sort of you know trying to decide who's going to be the who there's lots of ta- hostile takeovers happening companies who can't quite cut it um and i think a lot of the training that you have in place we developed we we developed a couple of similar things and this is why i'm such a big advocate for training because when i was running a brick and mortar business I almost never wanted to be gone because I was the most educated person mm-hmm. in my dispensary. And sure, I had like hip, handsome, beautiful people working, you know, that were smart and were personable and all of these things. But when it really came down to like understanding the strains or it, this was a very new industry, there was this, this is not a way that we were used to talking about cannabis. It was like, yo, oh, yeah. You got a bag, like
2: yeah, <laughs> open so I I my trunk, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> so it is quite a bit different until this one girl came in. her name is Amy Diulo. she now went on, she worked with me for um quite a while, and she went on to be the head of marketing and distribution for um willie nelson's Reserve, okay, and she is a righteous badass, I mean literally the way that she talked, her tonality, how she served customers, how she always was thinking ahead. She, she kicked off this campaign start, um, called the cans for cones. Like she's the unicorn gem that you want in your dispensary who, whether she knows it or not, you believe her, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) sometimes you just got to make them believe that you know what you're talking about. (laughs) She was probably, she was the MVP of the store. For sure, and that was a lot of my inspiration. Just watching and seeing how somebody can be or could be taught. Um, you know, she would definitely emulate a lot of things that I would do or say, but I wouldn't have to teach or coach her because she would just listen and mm-hmm. then duplicate. And and vice versa, I had tons to learn from her as well. So I I loved working with her, and that was a lot of the inspiration behind wanting to create. I created the CBD mastery program, which is a program specifically to teach people about CBD, how to, how to use it, how to sell it, how to recommend somebody else to use it. Um, and then we created the natural health coach certification, which helps medical professionals integrate cannabis or cannabinoid rich remedies into their practices. So massage therapists, nurses, doctors, you know, chiropractors, pharmacies, those are the type of people that benefit from, um, from my trainings. And so when I saw what you were doing for bud tenders, I was like, ah, pure genius. This is pure genius. I love it. So I, and so necessary. You're right. The bud tender has the hardest job. They're the, they're the representation of the business. Have you ever heard of the bud tender awards?
2: Yeah, I have. It was in Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, it was in Las Vegas. It's a pretty big event. And I'm like, super excited to go and to see these different folks and find out who's who, like who's doing it right in which dispensary. I know Native Roots had one, um, had a winner there and a few other brands too. So that's pretty and I'll nice. say that,
2: like I know for, that's what I know from kind of attending events, like Native Roots, I know they have a really good in-person training program. Uh-huh. There's a lot of, you know, the larger chains, obviously when, when you have bigger money, you'll kind of create or you or you want one that's more of a branded internal. So I know they have a great Training process, um, and that's so that's probably why their bartenders are winning. And I, and that's what I do too. Is I work with a lot of big chains to do customization. You know, it's like, well, I have my content; it's already been proven to work, so you can license it. And if you want to brand it, cool, right? So, or I'll even go in. I've done in person training. I've sit mm-hmm. there. So there's a lot of variety. Everyone's kind of different in what they like. I think it's important to have an online access for training. I know some people are big on the in person, which is great you know, I believe in both and I'm a big I'm big on the implementation. And so I provide yeah. a training guide and an implementation plan, a 10 10, 10 plan goal setting for managers because my old thing is yes, they can go on and do the training, but what are they are they implementing it? Yeah. So as a manager in a lead, you have to ensure that you're actually on the floor listening. You have to go through the training and make sure they're actually implementing and using what they learn. Yeah. And that's a big part of it because I want people to get results. Like if you're you just can't just throw them on and so many dispensaries you know, bless their heart, but there's so many of them just let it fall through the crack because they're, they're all they're all over the place, right? Everyone's busy. Spend, there's a lot of compliance, a lot of regulations, a lot of day to day. And so it's, I'm very big on like, I'll be checking in with my customers, even after they pay and they're doing the training. It's like, I, I want to make sure they're actually implementing it.
1: Yeah, totally. And going absolutely.
2: back to that landmark, how I told you when I kind of said I wanted to get an industry where I can grow and make a difference. When I started the business, that was my whole thinking like, okay, I have, and I still, I have great relationships with some of my initial clients um, in the industry, and so it's, it, for me, it was okay if I, I, I'm making a difference. If I can help patients, clients, customers, um, myself, if I can build a training that, and that I use that's helped me be a successful salesperson in this industry, and I can train and help develop others to do the same. It's kind of that 10x model or 100x model, then it's helping this many people that are coming in. And I'll get calls from people or they'll put in like a a note like, oh yeah, I went to this dispensary and they had your training. And even from people in the industry, like distributors call, like, oh yeah, the the few dispensaries I went into, they've all done your training and I thought they were great, you know? And so it's cool to hear that and it's cool to talk to these people and hear how they're helping other people, right? Because right now it matters. Every customer that comes in, I get that we're there's competition dispensaries up the street, but everyone needs to be trained and needs to be on their game because we're still trying to end the stigma. We're still trying to get people to understand and have access to it. And so these, every customer that comes in every time, like they need to have that great experience because how many times if you try something one time you don't like it or you had a bad experience and you're never going to try it again, right? Like a rush, yeah. time, whatever, like you go in, it's like, Oh, whatever. It's, it's all placebo. Kind of like the CBD industry.
1: Everyone's yeah. like, Oh, I tried
2: it. It didn't work one time. It's yeah. Both. Yeah. Well, you just kind of need a lot of CBD sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you got to double down. <laughs> so that's what's hard too, is the CBD industry. There's a lot of products out there and there's a lot of great products. And it's, yeah, it's saturated and you know, and there's like you've talked about, there's a lot of people trying to just push it, push it right now, make a quick buck. But it is, this industry is a long-term game. If You want to succeed, like if you weren't an early person getting in right now, if you're getting in, you want to succeed, it's a long-term game. And you got to focus on your customer and focus on your people first and foremost. And I think people are starting to finally get that. I see a lot of talk about it now on LinkedIn and, you know, and that's what I've been preaching. If you focus on people more than your product, you're going to be successful.
1: Such good advice. Might just um, be a longer, longer success. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, wow. but I, I want to ask you this because, you know, we're seeing more and more, um, Unsuspecting characters join in on the green rush, whether it's professionally or just picking up the product as a patient. Um, you know, one of the things that really uh, like left me shook was when I started to have some of my Mormon friends and family and colleagues hitting me up, yep. asking me about product, and they would and they would be like hiding hiding behind somebody's closet, and they'd be like.
2: Yes. <laughs> I got a great story to this. <laughs> hey,
1: can you um, you know, that stuff that you're with, you know, that stuff you got, can you send me some? And I'd be like, What? Um n- yes. <laughs> so
2: um I was like, I, send it to this address with this name. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so I
2: grew up Mormon, just so you know. Yeah, I, mean, I
1: know. I know that you grew up Mormon. I know that you come from a pretty relatively conservative family. And I also know that you're a boss, babe, and somewhat of a pioneer, especially in your family. But, you know, joining in an industry that was, you know, six years ago now, no one was talking about CBD. Nobody even knew who that was. CannaVest was like the, it was like the boiler room of the sales industry, you know, back then, cause nobody knew what CBD was. Mm-hmm. And so for you to have been in that space was probably like, you know, people are like, what the fuck is this stuff even that you're talking oh, yeah. about? So tell me a little bit about the feedback that you got or the reaction that you got from your family and has it shifted at all?
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, so like when I first started and I told my mom, that was kind of her first reaction was like, how the hell am I supposed to tell, you know, people in the family that you're selling cannabis? Like, she was kind of like cracking jokes and kind of like, wait, are you serious? And so for me, it was, and this is kind of what I tell people, it was all about education and, but educating them from their understanding. So what happens a lot, right? And you've known for 30, 35 years, you said, right? That you've been advocating. that you. Yeah, you, between the two people, of us. I'm sure you've heard every story in the book or everything about how bad it is gateway drug. And I had a brother who had a lot of drug issues growing up and he, you know, got caught growing weed in our front yard one time. So, you know, my mom's head, it was like, Oh, well, marijuana was his first drug or what he always got caught with. And then he turned into, you know, he got into hardcore drugs. It's a gateway drug. And so it's like, what happens though, is we get defensive, right? It's easy to get defensive when you're trying to advocate for something and you're trying. And so you get defensive and you start just mumbling, all this stuff about why it's so great, this and that. And these people are just kind of like, okay, whatever. But you really have to step back and, and understand them. And so instead of getting defensive, you really just have to understand where they're coming from. And, and when people are growing up their whole life or you know, hearing that it's the devil's lettuce or it's this or that, you just have to understand that that's what all they know. And so it's it's slowly educating them. And for me, I got in on the CBD hemp side, so it was a little bit easier to ease in, Right. So I started with that, and it was just one thing at a time. My dad, oh, he um, had—he didn't have—he wasn't totally diagnosed with diabetes. It was like pre-diabetic, and he was taking a couple pills a day. And I got him on CBD oil, and it helped. He went to the doctor a few months later, and his blood sugar levels were the best they'd been in years. You know, so then he he became a believer. And then my sister, I had my a nephew who had some ADHD and he was diagnosed with that and she really didn't want to get him on Ritalin. And so, you know, she had heard fish oil helps. So I was like, Well, why don't you just give him the small, like hundred milligram tincture of C B D oil just to try it a little bit. And so he did that for a while and and she noticed a difference. But then it was hard because he's, you know, in junior high and it's kinda like why C B D oil, they still can you know, put it next to weed. So he was a little embarrassed, I think, to take it. Um, so it just, you know, it took some time, but fast forward now. And then even at, you know, family events or Thanksgiving, my uncle, my they're just laughing at me or like, why are you doing like my marijuana? Like what is going on? Who are you now, Missy? And since so they call me Missy in my family. <laughs> um, but now fast forward, I have an uncle who was diagnosed. I have an aunt and uncle who are both got really sick recently and same thing my his son my cousin was kind of started to become an advocate and I would start sending him you know he would ask me about CBD products so slowly one by one people are calling you messaging you I just got a message from my aunt on my mom's side she's trying to find CBD oil for her husband you know so it's like you start getting these messages like you talked about and but that's the crazy thing is my uncle because he got this type of blood cancer he got put on all these pills and um recently the last thanksgiving my cousin was like hey i want you to talk to my dad about it and he was like yeah the doctor you know did say he'd write me a medical marijuana prescription so i'm i'm considering it because i do want to get off ambi you know he was taking ambi and i'm having trouble sleeping so i i was like okay i'll, I'll get you a product because in arizona i was looking at some of the products i don't know them as well so i'm like well next time when i come down for christmas i'll bring some products from california that i think will help you Um, and so sure enough, I brought him, I did the Papa and Barkley one to three.
1: Love Um, Papa and Barkley.
2: I shouldn't be admitting that I like took that over state lines. Yes. But, (laughs) 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 But, you know, I knew I needed to start him small and he wasn't going to smoke and a tincture. And yeah, Papa and Barkley have a great reputation. And so, and it's a family friendly, you know, I was like, okay, this is a great product to start him with. And I got that. And then the care by design four to one. So a high CBD product for him to take during the day. So yeah, within like a couple of weeks, they messaged me back like, oh, we need more of that product. Like it, He got off Ambien. He loves it. And he told me, he's like, I'm sleeping great. But it, but it was still like you said, we were at a family function. And he's like, I'm sleeping great, but no one knows yet. So don't really say anything. Like I haven't told anybody. And he was a politician. He was like a super, superintendent or representative in Arizona um so it's just funny because he's that he's all about it and then my other aunt's coming up to me asking me questions being all quiet so it's like everyone in my family y'all are doing it (laughs) no one talks about it (laughs) and you're all here asking me questions but none of you are talking to each other about it
1: they're all trying to catch you in the in the cellar they're like i'm just gonna run down and let me help you with (laughs) those boxes melissa
2: (laughs) And it's the same thing with my dad and, you know, and my sister, bless her heart too. It's when I started the training company and that's what she would start telling people, like they would be asking me what I do and, oh yeah, CBD. But now I work with, you know, dispensaries and my sister was like, yeah, now she helps like educate the medical marijuana patients. It's like, no sis, I help recreational. (laughs) Like, Like, right. Like so many people think that recreational medical are so different and they're not. When you look at recreational dispensaries, 80%, 60% of the people going in, are going in to get consume cannabis for a reason, for some type of ailment. And so it's like, and, and we know, right? The cannabis, there's, it's not a different type of cannabis. It's the same. It's just, you, as a medical, you might be able to purchase more, <laughs> but you're getting the same product. So, you know, you have, again, back to education, but it was like a slow, like, okay, just keep telling people that, yeah, I help medical patients, you know, and then slowly get them to understand, like, no, now I'm training all stores or now I'm working even, you know, retailers, teaching people like you all that just want to come in and get high. Well, this is how you speak to them. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's interesting. But yeah, like you said, it's just so funny because there's so many closet. I always kind of joke like with, with the whole political campaign, right. I'm like, just like there's a bunch of closet Trump fans. I know no one wants to admit that they like Trump. but you know, for him to be winning, like, okay, there's some people probably that are voting for him that pretend they're not because they don't want to be like cut off. I go, that's how it is with cannabis. There's a lot of closet, like cannabis people that are starting to get into it, but they're still worried because there's still that stigma or they have a church calling. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see, but it's also so great to see how far it's come in that six years. And, and, and I love getting those text messages or calls because it's just like these people that laughed at me or people that were just like, in no way, shape or form ever gonna try it are now like, holy crap, I'm, you know, the opioid issue and this is helping with that.
1: And, you know, Utah just opened its first medical marijuana dispensary last week. I know, I know. This is why I'm talking about it because I'm telling you what, if the Mormons are gonna do it, Mormons are gonna do anything.
2: (laughs) 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 Well, and and that's what I definitely, and I was talking to a friend last night um, that I was with and we were talking about Arizona you know, I'm like, yeah, I think Arizona is going to be going recreational. You know, next it's starting to definitely become more of a democratic state, I guess, if you can put it. Um, and Utah, I go, they opened their first store, and Utah has had such a big opioid crisis. So I'm like, if they start to open these dispensaries and they start to see a reduction in the opioid crisis, then you'd better believe they're going to start. It, it will go that way. And so, and you look at, look at Oklahoma. <laughs> like Oklahoma or some of these states that you're like, never would think. And they're they're actually killing it. They're probably killing it more than California.
1: Dude. I would have never, as a matter of fact, I took away my, um, like I'm not even allowed to vote on what state is happening next because I would not have seen that coming. It might as well have been a snake. Like (laughs) I did not see that coming. I thought Oklahoma was going to be right there next to Alabama, like never letting anyone do anything ever. Yeah. And here they are like, they're, they're more progressive than any other state in this whole freaking country. I can't even believe yep. it. Hiccups. Um, I can't even believe it. It's crazy what's happening down there. A few of my clients and partners are down there and I'm like, y'all are just rolling in the can of this dough, killing it down there. Like it is oh. crazy.
2: And you know, it's, it's great to see that there's like, we're starting to see a lot of frustration too, right? Because a lot of people are coming in trying to make a quick buck or they don't really understand cannabis. And, and so again, and I always, even whatever podcast or anything I'm speaking on one, we always got to remember to give kudos to people that have been, that paved the way, right? Yeah. There are still people sitting in jail, which is sad that, they are for marijuana. And so it's, it's, it's cool to see, cause that's what we want. We want everyone to have access to it and we want there to be research. We want it to become normal, but it's frustrating because we, I think a lot of times people forget like where it came from, especially in California, California is such an old OG state is how you call it. You know, like it's, it's just, it's been around and a lot of people that, you know, the craft cannabis that know it in and out. And then you got these big guys coming in trying to make money and you, you know, it, it's kind of, you got to bridge that gap and work together. And so it's, I don't know, it's like one of those things that's so awesome to see, but it's also treading lightly and making sure that people understand the importance of it and are actually educating themselves and realizing what people have done and fought for us to get to where we are.
1: Yeah, man. Culture, I can... baby. Yeah, man. I come from that. I come from that background. I was born in Santa Cruz, raised in and all throughout the, you know, Northern part of California, central coast. Like I'm a Cali girl at heart and that's pretty much where every, where the seed was cracked, you know? And so I'm very familiar. Many family and friend, friends are, you know, the pioneers of this space. And, um, every day i have to give them shout outs and kudos and at the same time i will i will say you know with with pretty clear confidence that a lot of those folks have struggled to keep up with the time, and I think that there you know a lot, a lot of the education, the culture, the information that made this plant and its remedies so amazing got lost in the hills with those same yeah. folks, and that there wasn't a lot of opportunity or space made for them to make the transition. So that's tough. to Well, see. it's hard when you're you know you're
2: keeping it quiet underground for so long. A lot of them too. That's what they're they're in in the in the trenches working. And then it's now it's become a a business and a a legal business. And you, when you focus and you're so good at one thing, you don't learn like the business side of it. Right. So you can be a great grower, but then understanding the business side. And I think that's the other thing is for a lot of people, it's like, look, if if you come from this background, you got to use, utilize that to your benefit. And it's, it's, this is where it's going. So how do you work with these people that are coming in? Cause they need you and you got to learn to leverage that. And, and, but what's happening is a lot of people are butting heads, right? Because you take it personal. You have been working and, and now there's not that transition. You know, it's the whole thing with the cultivation in California right now is kind of crazy. And seeing yeah. you know, the loopholes like with the big businesses and it does it, you feel for them. It, it sucks. Like they don't deserve that. They should be in the front lines. They should be working with these big companies, helping them create great products, uh, you know, versus getting shut out. And, yeah. um, so it's like, you know, you got to learn to kind of weed your way and you do, you need a business, you know, a lot of these companies that I see that have been around that know weed, they, they partner with business strategist people or bringing in consultants to help them market it. Right. Yeah. Because food consumers will they want that craft cannabis. They want what's best. They want to buy it from a grower that knows it. I always say like, you can have a little culture in your store. Like I see people come in and they're infatuated. Yeah. You don't need to the girls in the crop tops and chokers and like, whatever, you don't have to come off as like a total, Oh, this is, you know, Stonerville dispensary. But at the same time, you don't have, you you can still have great customers coming in and love your store. And it doesn't have to be the apple of weed. You know, it doesn't have to be like an apple store. You can have a little, it's good to have a little bit of that culture because I think it's good for people to learn that. And when they understand that they respect it more and and i think people are open to that but again it comes down to how do you communicate it so when you're talking about a new consumer comes in a lot of bud tenders too tend to think oh the taxes it's expensive so they resort to the lowest product or they resort to a product that's more mainstream versus actually understanding the customer that might actually want that og craft uh flower or dab that might you know that that they feel they trust that person knows what they're doing um but it's just how do you communicate that, right?
1: Yeah, well, that's why I think your training is so important because you know people need to create a universal language that allows mm-hmm. them to effectively communicate um, and also collaborate on the way that, I mean, we're a self-governing agency right now or industry right now. If we yeah. do not set the standard of how we want to talk about, think about, discuss you know, cannabis in our families and communities, who's gonna do it? Please don't leave it up to big business to do because look at where that's left us. You know, so I well, re- look at
2: a lot of those big businesses that are struggling. All the layoffs going on, right? They came mm-hmm. in thinking it was this glamorous thing, and 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 then they knew what they were doing, and then yeah, a lot of them are going under.
1: Laying yeah, off. yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really interested to know. Like, I have a lot of folks who ask me about the challenge. You know, ask me about how they can apply their skill sets to this industry and to, to, you know, to make headway, whether they're joining somebody else's team or joining yours. For yeah. you, what are some of the challenges that are preventing you from growing or making the impact that you want to make right now? Um, and we know that you've applied your sales skills and corporate background mm-hmm. and tailored, you know, training to serve this industry. What are some of the challenges that are preventing you from making a big impact right now?
2: So, and oh my gosh, that's the thing. It's funny because people think I'm killing it, right? They think everyone in this industry is killing it. And it, it's been a struggle from the beginning because, one, getting a hold of dispensaries, they're all getting bombarded, getting a hold of the decision maker, it, it takes time. And a lot of business in this industry comes from re- referrals and relationships. So, So I've partnered, I've had a a lot of uh, people that would reach out and like, oh, we want to license your content or put it on our platform because we're doing this type of training or this type of product we're offering and it'd be a great asset. And so for a lot last year, a lot of times I was partnering without really charging up front, like just it was a a, a revenue share. How much money have I made? Zero from those. You know why? Because they thought they could just come in and call, cold call or sell this product and they don't realize that that's not, it's not the same in this industry. The retail is different. And, and so a lot of people are struggling. And so I, people have to understand that, like you have to network, you've got to know people. I've been in this industry almost six years and I still like right now this year, because of the changes this industry is going through and, and, and turnovers high and layoffs and people, a lot of people come into this industry thinking, Oh, it's weed. It's so cool. I love weed. I want to help people but then they get in and it's a real job. <laughs> like it's still, you have to deal with people. You have to know how to you know, sell businesses, have to make money. You have to, you know, day in and day out, there's the, the same type of stuff you have to do. And it's, it's difficult. So then, you know, there's, there is a lot of turnover and there is a lot of movement and things going around because almost everyone in this industry is a startup, right? Not everyone, but for the most part, it's like, yeah. Startups, basically your first few years, it can be from three years to 10 years can be a startup. Yeah. And, and so that's the biggest challenge is people come in thinking that, you know, they're, they're going to bring a, um, set they have from another industry to apply to this industry, which we need it. Right. But they don't realize how hard and how long it takes to build that. And so these, this last two months, I'll be honest, have been the slowest months for me because this industry right now is is kind of going through that change and you know with everything kind of going on it's been difficult to get a hold of the right people or there's people saying oh yeah i need to put it off for a little bit or budgeting or you know money wise and so it's but you you got to you know it's kind of like my whole thing is i'm very low overhead right now. I was going to partner with a, another training company and I backed out last minute because it was one of those things like, okay, you're trying to do a lot of things. And I feel like the beginning of 2020 is going to be very slow. And we're all going through those changes. And so for me, it's like, okay, I can handle myself, my business. I, it's all you know online training. I don't have a lot of overhead and the content's there. So it's like, if I can just take my time slow and study, then I'll come out in the end. And I've, I'm already seeing a lot of people that are leaving this industry like, oh, I need to get out of it. It's too hard. It's not, I'm not making money. But I'm like, dude, we are just at the beginning. <laughs> like, We're literally just at the beginning. So if you can make it through and, and find, your, find your place and build those relationships and network and understand the industry inside and out, you're going to make it long-term. It's just going to take a while. Gary V said that when he got in this industry. It's like the alcohol industry. And that's where he, he came from, his background. It's very similar with the regulations and legality that it's, it's a ten, at least a 10-year game plan.
1: Wait, is Gary Vee in the cannabis industry? He's
2: invested in a yeah. He owns a marketing. The, have you heard of Hall of Flowers? No. So Hall of Flowers is what have I haven't. I actually in? haven't been. I'm trying to go to the one in April in Palm Springs, but it's a big B2B show in in California for buyers and retailers. Uh huh. And his group, I think it's Green Street Marketing or Green. He's he's a big investor in. So he comes and speaks. He doesn't have a ton of play in the cannabis industry, but he invested in this marketing company and they put on Hall of Flowers and it's actually, it's been viewed as like one of the best uh, trade shows in California.
1: Sick. I'm going to check it out.
2: Yeah. I need to, I still need to apply. I need to try to go. They're very strict on like, they want buyers, retailers the first day. So, and then the brands. And so that's why it does so well. Is because these product companies can go and they know people coming in to the show are primarily buyers for the retailers. And so, and then they open it up a little bit to ancillaries, um, the second day or people within the industry, but you still have to apply and they have to accept you to go in. So it's cool because it is very network relationship oriented and you can actually sell your product, you know, so it's been vetted as a great, one of the best shows.
1: Love it. We'll see with it. the
2: coronavirus. They, they said as of yesterday, they're keeping the show on. They sent out an email
1: Oh my God. I have to ask you about this whole thing. Cause I, myself am tripping like a bitch. <laughs> um, coronavirus, are we going to die or should I just stop tripping?
2: No. So I, <laughs> I'm not tripping again. I, you know, you I'm big on, I don't, I see all the things on the news, but I'm a big believer of the overhype of things on the news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, it obviously is a serious thing. And there's a lot like the natural product show this week. I was planning on going to that in Anaheim because there's a lot of CBD companies that go to that and had booths, and they literally canceled it the day before it was starting. No, I know. You know that that affected all those small CBD brands because they can't, it's not like that, that expo they put so much work and money into it. They can't just pay them back. It's basically like, we're going to try to postpone the show and give you credit. And so, but they canceled it because people come from all over the world for that show. Yeah. And a lot of the big companies were backing out. And so that's why they canceled it, I think, is because the bigger companies that are global are like, we can't take this risk. And so that canceled. There's, I mean, there's been a ton of events getting canceled and it's a lot of those events that are kind of more global or national. So there's a lot of people that come in from different places. Yeah. You you look at Hall of Flowers, that's primarily California. People drive, yeah, it's a, it's just California. So I I do think that will stay on, but I, I guess it depends on how, you know, if it gets
1: worse. I'm scared. Even
2: my friend that gets married in Arizona next month, her, her fiance's family's from the East coast. And he's already, he's freaking out. Like, are they going to not want to come? Cause a lot of people are scared to fly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I am nervous. I was just in the airports. I was just on the airplanes. I was just in Mexico. I know. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I am nervous. I'm like, I'm talk, my husband doesn't want to hear shit from me. He's like, "What the fuck are you going to do? You're going to run? Like where are you going to run to?" And I'm just like, "You're yeah.
2: not big." I live your life. Well, it's and it's the there was this meme that was put out and talked about like every 2 years there's like, "Oh, Ebola, the Ebola virus is going to kill us or the Zika virus, you know." So again, there's been a lot if you look at the history of the last 20 years, there's been a lot of these different viruses that have come and so is it are they overplaying it and scaring us or is it really that serious? You know, and I—I I was at the grocery store. I'm in Santa Monica, and I was at the grocery store yesterday, and I saw people just loading up, and they had water, water bottles everywhere. And I'm like, oh shoot, should I be loading up on stuff? Like, <laughs> like are we going to yeah, be
1: like, quarantined
2: in our house? Like, because <laughs> we're in Santa Monica, and we're not going to get stuck in a snowstorm. Yeah, yeah, but,
1: for sure. Well, I'm—I personally am nervous about it, and I think yeah. I definitely think that there's so Well, because I do also, say
2: we're, we're healthier, younger people. I think it's more dangerous for the older people, right? Like, it is. Yeah, it
1: homes is. And- I'm, I'm Greek. So like I'm stocking up on, on Windex and no, I'm just kidding. I'm just put some Windex on it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm nervous. You want to know what I'm nervous about? I am nervous because I'm one of those hippie moms who opted out of vaccinating my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number one. Um, which makes me super proud right now because I'm like, okay, cool. Like my kids, immune systems, they're healthy all the fucking time. You know, like yeah. my daughter doesn't get sick when she goes to preschool, like most of the other kids do. And, you know, so I, I feel pretty good about that, but I am also one, I'm also subscri- somewhat of a mini conspiracy theorist and I subscribe to these uncharted or like, you know, unrestricted news channels, and I have a lot of friends who are in like just happen to be infectious disease scientists, because. Um, anyways, through another friend, that's how I got tied into that circle. So they're the wrong people. Like I almost can't even talk to them right now because they're the wrong people to be talking to. They're like, no, seriously, this is bad. It's going to get worse. And I'm like, no. (laughs) It
2: affects all of us. I mean, that's what a lot of probably are, your business similar. You meet people at these shows, these cannabis shows. So if they do start canceling every single show, an event, it's going to hurt a lot of people. Yeah. And for those of us that are still, you know, not reckoning in millions, like every week matters when you're an entrepreneur, right? Every call, every networking event, every relationship. So it is, it's scary. And I, I'm sure there's a lot of people already hurting from it. That's what my friend, he works for a global company and they've cut back. They canceled their yearly conference and everything's virtual right now. They're like limiting uh, trips for the people to travel so maybe it, it must be a big deal if like some of these big companies are willing to lose millions right now to, you know, prevent. So I don't know. Well, and cannabis, that's the thing too. When you go to these events, we all, people, cannabis is very well known to be, you know, everyone loves each other, right? When you're smoking a joint, everyone shares a joint. And so that's the other thing you do. You have to be careful at these shows. Like I can't go hit your joint right after you've let five people hit it, right? Right um you have yeah. to be because <laughs>
1: so like,
2: you do um, what you're high you love everybody it's like oh you want to hit like you you know this industry is so friendly
1: <laughs> yeah it's so friendly I'm like I'm like now I'm good I have my personal bong over here like uh, <laughs> <You pull out laughs> I found phone myself phone. at the bank you not wanting to shake phone.
2: hands you pull out those little things to put over it to like yeah Kind of like when you do hookah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what's happening right now. It's the worst. I hate it. Um, Final question I have for you. You have done some incredible things in this space and you've made a really successful transition in. I love your mindset and understanding that this is a brand new baby, no matter how many years it's been here. We're all still trying to figure it out because the rules have not been established yet. So we're all just at the same level. Some Mm -hmm. have more money than others, but I, for, for me, I feel like you've made a really successful transition. And there's a lot of people out there who are trying to figure out how to make the quantum leap into the cannabis industry, whether it's joining somebody else's brand or starting their own. What would be one a uh, key piece of advice that you could offer to somebody in this, uh, somebody who is considering jumping into this space right now?
2: One, I think be prepared. Understand that it's not going to be easy. So being, you know, having that, um, being prepared, having a backup plan, but also, and also just educating yourself. Getting in getting yourself involved in what's going on in the social equity piece and understanding the culture and where cannabis came from. And I always say that, you have to understand where it came from to know where it's going, right? Yeah. And for, us, and for it to be successful. And so I think when people come in, it's, I, I get it all the time. Like, oh, I want to work for you or I, or I want to get in the weed business. It looks like you're killing it. And I, I had one guy apply for a sales position when I was looking at adding some sales reps. And he, I was like, so why do you want to get in the industry? He's like, I don't know. A lot of people are making money. It looks great. And I just started laughing. I didn't mean to, <laughs> Bro, well, that's not how it is right now. Like, <laughs> People that look like they're making money are people that already made money in other industries for the most part, right? Or they've, they're yeah. part of other industries and they have that backing. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of people have done really well and have acquired their business early on. And there are a lot of successful people, but it's, it's just, that's that mindset people have coming in that it's just, they're going to make money right away. Yeah. So I would say like, if you want to start your own business, that's great. You can start it, but also maybe work, you know, work for someone in the industry and get that experience under your belt while you're starting your business. But at the same time too, when you're starting something and that was what I did when I decided to start MJ hybrid. Yeah. I was already working for a cannabis company, but I basically had a friend who had a friend that owned a a shop in La Mesa in San Diego, you know, it was the trap shop at the time before it went recreational. This was 2017. And he wanted her to come in. Oh, I need to train my, you know, bud tenders on CBD. Can you come in? And she's like, oh, actually my friend is looking at starting this training business. So maybe we should have her do it. And so for me, it was great because I didn't have everything written out yet, but I just jumped into it and went and just did in-person stuff with this group. And just, it, w- it was literally meeting with them two times and just giving them advice on how to speak to customers. They literally saw, I think like a 20 or 25% jump in their cells in like the first two weeks. and so. For me, it's like when you're trying to get in, you don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You need to be prepared and have a, and like know that it's going to take time. But you also just have to see if it works and just start meeting people and reach out and look for those opportunities um, and, and testing it out to really make sure it's going to work. And so that's for me. I was very fortunate that I got connected that way to be like... And I was, so I was able to kind of move at a faster pace and, and putting them online. And it was putting the trainings online. And then they referred me to someone because that had a big you know, had a bunch of stores and that's kind of how it started. I was very fortunate because those early guys are the reason I'm probably still here because the first year I, I was kind of early with my, with my business sales training. It's, you know, right now everyone's so worried about regulations, compliance. And then once you establish your business, it's like, okay, now we need to figure out how we can make our bud tenders better, our employees better. And so I have a very niche training. I'm not like, Oh, I'm everyone. A lot of people think I do compliance. I don't. I hate compliance, no offense. <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> not my thing. But so when you're coming in with a business, just understand, make sure there's an, you know, you gotta make sure there's a need for it and just start reaching out and start putting it to use, whether it's prepared or not. Like you gotta try. It's got, you're, if you look at my first videos, I laugh so hard. It's just like, but that's what you gotta do. You gotta just test it and come in. And if, and I think too, if you are nervous about that, starting your own business, then come in and start working for someone the best knowledge you can get probably starting as a bud tender. So if you're able to, you know, putting on your lifestyle and come in and can get a job, you know, making an hourly wage starting as a bud tender, even for six months or a couple months, is going to give you some great knowledge and understanding of what people are looking for.
1: Heck yeah. And where the gaps are in the industry, you can learn so much in such a little, little amount of time was such a great key piece. That's such a great piece of advice. I think that, you know, taking the time to get a job in the space to understand what is needed and where the gaps are before you start a business or, you know, bring your skill sets to another sector of, a, of the industry is so important because it's the bud tender that really gets to engage with the customer and the customer is the driving force behind most yep. of the businesses created in this space right now. I mean, everybody, even if you're a B2B business, yep. you want to, help another business. As a business, you want to help another business serve their clients better so that they can make more money and a bigger impact. So at the end of the day, it's all about the customer. And that is what's driving a business's buying decision. Whether you're offering them a service or a product, it's all based off of how their customer base is going to respond to it. So that's
2: exactly what... That would be my biggest piece of advice too, no matter what area of the industry you're getting into... Focus on your client or customer. Focus on the people, build the relationships, then the rest will come. Like, especially if you're a CBD brand or you're trying to start a CBD brand. Honey, the the days of I have the best product, nano this, it's this, it's different than that, they're gone. (laughs) So, it's all about just knowing your consumer, asking questions, finding out what they need, and then you can educate them based on their understanding and their need of what they're looking for. And so, Focus on people more than your product you will be successful it might take a while but you will be successful
1: I can end with that i think my Good one, I like it. And mic drop. Um, I think the one piece <laughs> that I would add to that um, is just reiterating what you said earlier. You know, success is not immediate. We're very, we're very much at the very beginning of this thing, and so you actually do have time. Whether you have professional training, vocational training, no training whatsoever, there is a lot of education available for you to be able to check out what the opportunities are what you're interested Mm -hmm. in and develop the skill sets that you may not think you have right now to be relevant and valuable to this industry. So my suggestion is to take your time. If you don't feel like you have skill sets that you can apply right away. And by the way, smoking weed and loving it is not necessarily a big enough qualifier.
2: Well, it's so funny because, and I was just going to say on the flip side to that though, as someone, if you come into the industry as a new person when you go to these networks and you don't and you don't smoke it's fine you don't have to consume cannabis but you don't need to also look down on it i've seen that a lot where it's like oh no i don't smoke like and you know i think it's got a lot better but it's like still respect the plant so it's it's even if you don't smoke kindly decline but don't come off as like yeah no i don't use cannabis or come off as snooty or whatever like you still have to respect the plant respect why people are using it and and what it can do and what it's helping with and so It's like you said that. Yeah, it's not a qualifier. and You love weed. That's definitely not the reason to get in the industry just for that reason. Um, But flip side too, if you come in and you don't care about weed, you got to still learn how to respect that and understand and educate yourself.
1: Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, well, I'm so honored and grateful to have you on the show with me. Oh, I'm this like,
2: is so fun. thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're welcome. I'm so excited to have you on. I think what you're doing is amazing. I'm excited to talk more offline about some of the things that you have going on. I think there's a lot of points of collaboration here. And this is one of the things I love most about my podcast is like almost everybody that comes on here, I'm like, hey, you're doing something so cool. I quite literally think that there's a point of collaboration and then we go on to do something really great together. So I'm, I'm uh, just honored to be in contact with another boss babe in this industry. I really have an affinity towards the women in the space and wanting to make sure I can do whatever I can to support you guys being successful or support us being successful. Um, And where can folks find you if they're interested in finding out more about you or what you're doing or um, want to try some of your training or whatever.
2: So the, my website's, um, mjhybridsolutions.com, Um, and my email is MJ at MJ Super simple. Um, LinkedIn, I think you can find me by Melissa Stapley or MJ Stapley. Um, and yeah. And then Instagram, same thing. MJ hybrid solutions. My social media handles.
1: Love it. Um, For those of you guys who are tuning in, all of the social media handles and links for websites will be listed right here around this video. I invite you now to go and check them out along with the blog, transcription, and honorable mentions inside of this episode. Um, As you know, it is our mission to empower you with the truth about cannabis and hemp so that you can make educated decisions about how you want to take care of yourself people that you love, conditions you may be suffering from. So I invite you to check us out at medicalsecrets.com for our favorite picks. If you are someone that is looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results that you're looking for. And if you're a budding entrepreneur or established business owner, I'd love to hear your story. Sonia at medicalsecrets.com is where you can reach me. And uh, please like and share this content. Help me to continue to change the way that we talk about and think about cannabis in our family, and in our community. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution, and we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.